Welcome to the Evolution Exchange NHS podcast. We're here today bringing the best technical leaders from across the NHS to talk about topics that matter as well as challenges that they are facing today. I'm Louis and I'm your host. Today we're joined by Jocelyn, Sanjay, Sarah and Nicholas. The views expressed by the guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect official position or policy of their organisation. Before we delve deeper into the topic today, let's work our way around the room with some introductions. Jocelyn, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, morning. Hi, Louis. Um, so I'm Joss Palmer and I'm the Programme Director for One London. And I know we'll we'll talk a bit more about um, what that is. Um, and I've worked in and around information sharing and shared care records and so on for many years now. So it's something that I'm really passionate about um, working on. Nice to be here. Thanks, Jocelyn. And Sarah? Morning, Louis. Uh, nice to see you. I'm Sarah Newcomb. I'm the Chief Nursing Information Officer um, across the London region. Um, so within NHS England, so supporting with the uh, One London programme. Nice to see you. Thank you, Sarah and Sanjay. Hello, Louis. I'm uh, Sanjay Gautama. I'm a consultant anaesthetist at Imperial, but I'm the CCIO and Caldicott Guardian for Imperial and Northwest London. Um, I'm also the CCIO for One London, so the programme of work that sort of spans digital and data uh, across all five ICSs and the London Ambulance Service in London. Brilliant. Thank you. And last but not least, Nicholas. Hi, Louis. Um, uh, please do call me Nick. Um, so I am Nick Tegera. I'm the head of the Universal Care Plan Programme. Um, basically, spent uh, half of my career with, within the NHS as a, uh, in a clinical capacity. And um, and now um, the last half pre- predominantly has been within uh, such a programme like the UCP, which really is about driving um, care planning for our citizens. Great. Thank you, everyone. Um, so now that we've got a bit of context to each of you, uh, we'll move into today's topic, which is the One London programme. I think it'd be good to kick us off today by introducing what One London is. Um, so I'll come over to you, Jocelyn, for that. OK, so so I guess maybe a bit of context. And I, I know like we when we were um, chatting before, we said that may, maybe some people listening to this don't work in London, don't work in the NHS and and so so on. Um, so I'll, I'll talk a little bit about that and also just like what One London is. And then maybe Sanjay, you can you can kind of come in as well, because you've been around it a lot longer than I have. So um, I guess in London, what do we, we have a population of around about 10 million. I think that's right, isn't it? And from an NHS perspective, we, we're divided into five different um, administrative areas, really integrated care systems. We call them more ICSs. Um, and each of those have roughly, you know, like a couple of million each. Um, and we know that um, it's really common that people will live in one part of London and they will receive care in another part of London. So I think um, on average, it's about 30 percent. And obviously, if you're somebody that's having more specialist treatment, then it's probably even more likely that you might, you know, live in this part of London and receive care locally, but also have to travel across London for your care. And one of the things that we know um, is the case still and has been the case, you know, historically, is that um, information doesn't doesn't kind of travel around with you. So um, most parts of our health and care system, whether it's a local authority, a council, you know, for adults or children, or whether it's a big um, hospital trust or whether it's a GP practice, most of our areas have got their own um, uh, digital systems or electronic care records, but they don't like automatically talk to each other. And so what that means is um, you know, if I go from my GP practice to a to a hospital and then maybe have some care in the community, it's not necessarily always been the case that my information will follow. So 
One London came about back in 2018, I think it's when it was first birthed, um, with at its heart about how do we share information across the capital and how do we do that um, because it supports better, safer and more efficient care for people, for individuals, for our patients. And that's at the heart of everything that we do. And we have a number of flagship programmes. Um, we'll probably share something about the London Care Record and the Universal Care Plan and also some of the work we may be doing about, you know, data at scale. But at, it, at its heart, it's about how do we how do we make things better for our populations and for our patients by sharing information safely, legally, appropriately, but doing that for the for that good. Sanjay, do you think I've kind of covered it? Is there anything more that you would say around what One London is? And because um, it's a collaboration, isn't it? And um, and Josh, you, you, you have put it beautifully. And, you know, having been a, a consultant in London for uh, over two decades, um, I think your point is really key in terms of we have a lot of siloed information. And let, let's be honest, our patients, our residents, think the NHS is one institution, whereas actually we're a whole stack of uh, different siloed environments from primary care through the, to the acutes, community and mental health. And it's not linked up. It, it really hasn't been linked up. And in many senses, I, I think our One London vision, when, when we sort of put everyone together, uh, was about making London the, the healthiest global city. And, and I think for us, yeah. One of the, the one of the key factors, well, from a digital and data perspective, what does that mean? And to, and to your point, we talk about making the information available, but it the, the truism, it's, it allows clinicians to make the right decision in the right place and at the right time. And to do that, we have to share the data. And there's all sorts of elements around that. As you say, we've got disparate systems in play. You've got the information governance. But I think one of the key bits that we've done with the One London programme is have the public deliberations. And, and I think the feedback's been really good and really strong that actually our residents expect us to share their data safely so that we deliver them high quality care. Uh, and I think I think that's that's the vision that we've put together. I think some of the work that you've done uh, and the team have done have really underlined the fact that actually Patients don't see the geographical boundaries between integrated care systems or sectors. Um, they, as I said, they assume the NHS is is one body that's there to look after them. Um, we've we've demonstrated that actually, when you look at an integrated care system, um, ninety percent of the work that they do will be for Londoners. But that does mean that ten percent is coming outside London. But more importantly. Only 70 to 80 percent of the work that they're doing are for Londoners within their geographical boundary. So, yeah. as you said, Joss, huge amount of movement. And what we're trying to do with um, the One London programme is to consolidate on systems, consolidate on relationships. It's actually getting the clinicians and the operational colleagues to talk to each other, uh, work with our patients and our residents to share the information in a meaningful way so we can actually deliver high quality or better quality care than we've ever done before. Great, thank you both for that overview. It's obviously a huge piece of work that's ongoing um, and a lot of complex projects involved. I think a couple Jocelyn mentioned there were the Universal Care Plan and London Care Record, which we're going to go into a bit more detail on today. Yeah, thanks, Louis. So so I, I will talk about some Universal Care Plan a little bit more in detail, but I just wanted to pick up on what Jocelyn and Sanjay have just sort of like 
um, said there uh, and introduced and, and obviously really talking about the nature of the, um, the systems within the NHS and how siloed they are and also the nature of the um, generally, you know, the, the health service. Now, really, really thinking about this from the patient perspective, um, it lends itself to the patients potentially, as we know, especially in London, where we've got um, a, a very mobile population, it lends itself to patients potentially going into different sort of like areas, different sectors and repeating their stories uh, over and over again. Now, when you think about the vulnerable patient, um, this obviously can be uh, very stressful stressful for them um, in, in having to tell their story um, over and over. And this is where the UCP comes into its own because effectively this is a, um, a care plan that that can cross those different uh, sort of like boundary silos and we'll talk a little bit more about it a little bit later but I just wanted to tie up the two things to say you know we've got this you know um, system um, as, it, as, it, as it is shaped but actually we've now got these tools that are trying to bring all of that and really thinking of it from a patient perspective um, the universal care plan is one of those tools that helps um, to sort of like support the patients through that journey um, around the system. Uh, but we'll talk a little bit more about UCP in a second. I think that's really important what you said there, Nick, about like not repeating a story. And like, I'm sure we've all got and probably people listening as well have got like family and friends who've 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 had th those sorts of experiences. And I think, you know, the work that you and your team have led on the on the universal care plan um, has been really amazing. And um, I think it's it's, you know, something that we can we can all we can all use to support that sort of collaboration across boundaries. I'm really grateful, Joss and, and, and Nick. I, I think one of the reflections, though, ju just to be crystal clear, and Louis, I think I think this is a really important point for for from the One London team, is that we're always minded, and I think this is where Nick was coming from about the patient experience. This is not just about the clinical experience, but in putting a tool set together, and I, th I think uh, you know Nick's described it really well. We've put a toolkit together. There are different elements to that toolkit in terms of what those things can do. Universal Care Plan provides a care plan. You've got the London Care Record, which shares uh, information for clinicians across London. Of course, we've got the NHS app, which increasingly more and more of our residents are using to uh, manage their health and their care, uh, including access now to their GP record. Uh, I think one of the key things uh, just to flag that's part of our mantra is to make sure that the patient experience is good. So there is no point providing 17 different apps where the experience is fractured again. So one of our mantras is to make sure that whatever tools we bring into play, that they they come together seamlessly, ideally with the NHS app as the front end, so that there's a single entry point for our patients and they get the care that they need in the way that they need to get it. Thanks, Sanjay. Over to you, Sarah. Thanks, Louis. I, I, I think I just wanted to add to, you know, Sanjay's point, because obviously, uh, you know, caring for the patient is at the heart of what we all do, and it, it is of vital importance and the most important thing. And delivering safer, informed care is what the London Care Record helps us with. But I think that ability to work across organisational boundaries is also something that's quite critical for the clinician. So it can be really quite challenging sometimes working in organisations that um, have different rules, policies, procedures, and actually 
for me, the London care record breaks through quite a bit of that. So I think it's just important to put that piece in for clinicians as well as, as the patient and, and keeping them at the heart of what we do. Brilliant. And I suppose sticking with that point before we come back to Nicholas, um, Jan, Sanjay or, or Jocelyn, do you want to come in on this? Um, give us a bit of, of an idea as to what the London care record is, um, how it's gone about uh, its business so far and the benefits of it to the patient. So the London care record is a... Um, so there are there are many um, uh, connected care records or shared care records up and down the country. So totally recognise that most of the kind of integrated care systems will have something in place. Um, I think London is is reasonably sort of well evolved in this. And what we have is we've got a network across London. So each of our integrated care um, systems has got at least has got one. Um, uh, shared care record um, and we connect it all up so that's that's the role of One London in some ways that we connect it up so that information can can um, be shared across the capital so if you are um, and I don't want to speak for Sarah or San- Sanjay here but if you are a consultant a doctor a GP a nurse whoever and you want to have uh, maybe a better slightly more kind of holistic view of what's been going on with the, the individual or the patient in front of you then you can use a London care record to have a quick look and to see basically what's been going on with them. So um, it's a view-only record. It includes a range of information from um, all different types of health and social care um, sectors or organisations. And typically the kinds of things that you can see is uh, key information from the GP record. You can uh, understand about um, diagnosis, um, medications. You can see uh, appointments in a hospital. You can see key things like discharge summaries. Um, You you can see if somebody is receiving care from a community nurse. It's that that type of whole picture. Um, and just to give you a kind of an idea of how well it's being used, I think we've got now well over 100,000 um, staff that have got access to and regularly use the London Care Record every month. And I think our monthly views are now up to over 1.6 million views a month. Um, so I think that's great. Um, we we still think there's more more scope for growth because I think there's there's still lots of folk who maybe haven't heard of it or perhaps maybe have some fears like should I have access where do I get access that type of thing so there's something as a team that we're working on that but um, I think it's incredible and we really are seeing month on month growth. To be honest Joss I I think uh, I'm with you I I think the numbers tell tell uh, you know our own story Um, I I think what we decided to do back in 2018 when when we started on this journey was to try and maximize the value of of the products that we already had in London uh, and then scale across London so so in fact what we've done is we've used the particular tool that we have here uh, which you know some ICSs uh, northeast London for example have been using for over a decade so so we 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 already knew that it was uh, capable of delivering what we wanted it to do, and I suppose what we've done over the last you know three to five years is scale that now completely across London. Um, and I have to say, I think the numbers tell the story. You know, if you've got over 1.6 million hits a month uh, for real-time clinical data, admittedly read-only. Uh, for clinicians, that tells its own story. I, I have to be horribly honest, in my clinical care, every patient I anaesthetise, I check their London care record. Um, our patients forget, uh, particularly when somebody's just about to stick a big needle in them and put them off to sleep for for uh, uh, um, 
an operation where they I are would probably forget. yeah indeed indeed Josh. so so one of the things is we have to be mindful that what what this gives us is a really good snapshot of a complete summary record and that gives me enough to do two things to provide a more informed anesthetic but also uh, provide confidence to the patients that I know something about them before I've actually started to deliver care, that I can tell them things and they feel that I'm informed, uh, I can better interact with them. Uh, I do a lot of paediatric anaesthesia and, and as you can guess it just makes the parents relax. I use it every time I deliver an anaesthetic and, and I can guarantee you talking to our other CCIOs and other clinicians, nobody would switch this off oh that's great isn't it Sarah did you do you do you, you, you I know you do like a lot of digital stuff now because you're CNIO but um did you ever use it or like some of your CNIO community or were they fans of oh yes hugely and I think you know from that that perspective what 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 the London Care Record has given us as a sort of collective leadership team so developing that network across London was critical to make sure that the the messages get through if you like so it's all very well setting up a London Care Record but how do you ensure that it's getting down to that end user how do we ensure that people like Sanjay are using this all the time and I think part of that is the networks and disseminating that standardized approach to how we want to how we want to move things forward and this is just the beginning right so you know we talked a little bit about you know what we're sharing at the moment and people are going to want more and more and more and whether that be with outside of the London area or whether that be just more detail within London there's a huge piece for me and I think Sanjay will know as well around um, safeguarding uh, for our vulnerable patients and Nick alluded to it earlier you know we have to consider in London we're a very diverse city English is often not always people's first language so sharing and communicating can be difficult so this just gives us that huge sort of input to the patients that we're, ca we're caring for um, and I know hugely that the CNIO network that, that I lead are um, really you know proud of what London's achieved in this space and I know that that's been disseminated through to them and I think the networks in some ways will be the key to the success of, you know, that information sharing, um, because otherwise it just never gets down to the end user. And, and as Sanjay said earlier, with 1.6 million hits, we're definitely doing something right across London. Definitely. And it's really nice to hear the tangible benefits that it's bringing yourselves as well. Um, so thank you for sharing that. Do you know, one of the things that's really difficult to do sometimes, and actually I've talked to colleagues across the country and they've said the same, is like, how do you really prove the benefit of something like the London Care Record? Like you can collect all of these stories, you know, like about what I did as a GP or what I did as a nurse or like as Sanjay just like talked about like how he uses it you know every day when he's when he's actually you know working in his I was going to say your proper job Sanjay but you know what I mean like your 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 clinical your clinical job um and um and it's really tough um so there's there's richness and stories and lots of what shines through with that is, as Sanjay said, the, the confidence, but it also, you know, we hear stories about safety, we hear stories about, you know, the, the quality of the care I could provide and so on. And very often people will talk about things to do, which yeah, we might badge efficiency, but actually it's about like, you know, if you're really, you know, uh, under pressure with your job and, you know, we know what the NHS is like at the moment, then anything that can make that better is a good thing, right? 
but um, we we asked Queen's University Belfast to do some work for us because we actually wanted to have an external perspective on benefits and something that felt neutral. And so um, we we had a, 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 a couple of health economists to actually look at the London care record. And, you know, they were trying to look at the, the data, you know, published sources and so on and, and really bring that academic rigour, which is not the sort of thing that I would do because I'm not you know, I, I don't have that kind of um, uh, <laughs> academic role or or insight. And they've they published a really brilliant um, economic analysis and review of the London Care Record um, where they have attributed the value of it. Um, and I think, you know, when you kind of rack it up, it's the equivalent value of like two million pounds a month. And, you know, over the lifetime of the record, that's, you know, that says something. So it was a really great piece of work. And I think it was well received, um, even though I think, you know, probably for, for many of us that work on One London, it's it's the stories that matter just as much to us. But, yeah, I just thought it was interesting to share that about benefits. And we've certainly shared that with colleagues up and down the country and people have found it interesting. It, it really demonstrated the value add, as it were, because this is not about uh, and I, I think, you know, we'd all be quite careful about the benefits are really to the patient and the quality of care that we offer. And it's not about stripping elements out of the NHS. It's not it, this is the value add. And, and they they were able to quantify it. As you say, Joss, we, we often have soft markers of benefits you know how do you measure the fact that i think i'm giving a more qualified anesthetic simply because i know more about the patient but it has stopped me having to ask a whole stack of different questions that i may not get the right answer with the the i suppose the and the other reflection is you're saving time for care so you're 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 being diverted less looking for information and you're better able to deliver care but the value add i think joss that that was the you know it's it's two million a month or or, or whatever the, the depending on the breakdown that they gave us but two million a month of value added to the nhs yeah totally this seems like a good time to lure um, Nick in to talk about the universal care plan, doesn't it? Because I think that's that's really proving benefits and it's really growing. We've got some exciting go lives happening soon as well. Great. Yeah, no, absolutely. Thanks. Thanks um, so much, uh, uh, Joss and, and Sanjay and, uh, and Sarah, obviously, for some of those thoughts. Um, so I'll, I'll just touch on really what the universal care plan is for, for anybody who um, doesn't you know what um, it, it's all about and and I'll bring in some sort of like some of my personal experience I think in my introduction I talked a little bit about my previous experiences uh, sort of like my previous sort of um, career as a, in a clinical setting and I've got this one analogy that um, I would like to share obviously with my with my fellow clinicians out there um, as I as I go through uh, where where I think the universal care plan really really fits so so what is it? So the Universal Care Plan is an integrated digital care planning tool which is accessible um, to all the health and care professionals across London. Um, so it really communicates the citizens' advanced and urgent care needs. So what are those uh, preferences of care? What are the, the, the uh, citizens' um, uh, wishes really around their care? So that's what um, it predominantly is communicating. And a lot of this information is actually information that this, the, the patient, the citizen, and the clinician have set together and um, and agreed on as the the plan of care uh, for 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 that um, a patient or citizen. So the kind of information that um, um, is is documented within the universal care plan includes obviously the personal information, so general demographic information. 
uh, information about the citizen, so about me. Um, and why is that important? Because, um, so this is what, what uh, as a UCD plan, we always keep reminding ourselves, um, um, the, what's the matter with me is as important as what's, um, sorry, what matters to me is as important as what's the matter with me. So that information, which is about right. the patient, is really, really important to help shape um to 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 help shape you know the conversation of the treatments um so the, so the other types of information that we capture within the ucp is the significant medical background the symptom management plan again really really key so um what are my symptoms and how do you how do clinicians manage my symptoms and what is success to me as a, as a patient so it's just really really important um it also captures the emergency care and treatment plan so in an emergency how much care what is the level of care that that person that some citizen or patient um, um, has agreed with their clinicians really really important so there may be other documents as well that the the citizen wants to be included so advanced wishes and and decisions and also there may be alerts um, that that are concerned the citizen so I've got a dog um, so if I'm unwell and I'm taken into hospital who who cares for my dog who cares for for um you know the neighbor that i look after so these are the kind of things that um obviously we we're trying to communicate and share within the universal care plan so the care plan is obviously as i mentioned continuous, continuously co-created um by different professionals who see the patient um, um, as a patient obviously moves from service to service if that is the case and and really i take a pause and say to everybody let's think about 2 a.m and then think about the people who are going to be looking after our patients at 2 a.m who perhaps don't have as much information um, about the patient in terms of that about me information they've got a lot of information as Joss has pointed out and Sanjay has pointed out obviously on the London care record uh, but some of that softer information which is what matters to me, um, maybe some of that information that we find in the UCP plan. So we're really, really giving the urgent care services a head start in terms of what really we should be doing for this patient and what is uh, the, the treatment that this patient is going to be happy with because that is what they have agreed with their clinician. So just thinking about that. So I, as a clinician, I've, um, uh, in my in my days working on wards and um, as such, we are so, so good at handing over from one shift to the other. So uh, my colleagues come in, I hand over to my colleagues and say, patient X, Y, Z, this is what we need to do. This is, you know, the temperature, um, they need this treatment and that treatment. But actually, the universal care plan now is that bridge between handing over from, you know, the non-urgent care services like, you know, your hospitals to the urgent care services. So it's a handover of information to the people who don't really know the patient and who are going to be dealing with the patient in a, in a sort of emergency situation um, and across. So, our, you know, our vision for UCP is really to enable every Londoner who needs a personalised care and support plan to be supported with a, with, with a UCP plan. And this will enable their care needs to be fully supported, obviously, by our urgent care services. But not only that, we, we know that um, a number of our patients are treated within the non-urgent care um, environment, so community services and hospices, but also for those, for those services to have access to information and what's important, but also contribute to, to the information via the universal care plan. Um, 
Now, um, we talked a little bit about some benefits, and I know um, uh, Jay Joss and Sanjay talked about some benefits. So, so we do know that where they see universal care plan, um, our, um, uh, our patients um, end up being treated in the environments that they've communicated and discussed with their clinicians about what's best for them. So we know this because we can see that about 70% of our patients achieve their preferences of care um, via the universal care plan. So this is phenomenal sort of like um, in terms of output and really, really focus on the patients. But what it does also do, it also helps the system in the, in the, in the sense that um, the patients that um, would naturally be taken, for example, to the emergency departments or to a hospital setting, are not taken to those settings if their preferences and if it's appropriate for them to be cared for in the community, at home, or in a hospice. So it also frees up, obviously, the um, um, capacity within our acute services. So this is one of the, the roles that the universal care plan is trying to play in this particular in this particular uh, field. So um, hopefully I've just given a bit of a flavour of what the universal care plan is doing, is trying to do, and how it also supports, obviously, you know, the the um, our, our citizens and our patients, and really putting them at the heart of the decision making that um, uh, that, that is is taken around the their the care and treatment. Definitely, thanks, Nick. Yeah, I think that gives us a really good overview of how that's working within the One London program. Um, anyone else like to add to that? Uh, sorry, sorry, Louis. I, th I think um, the only thing I was going to say is that I think the key point that Nick's brought out here is it um, it allows for personalisation of care. And I think that that's the key bit. And and I think as you will probably have picked up from this conversation, it is completely complementary to the work that we do with the London Care Record because it really brings in the patient-facing elements. And, and again, as we were discussing earlier, often when when you're in the throes of having uh, care delivered to you, and, and Nick's right, you've got emergency scenarios, but you've also got the elective scenario. You know, hospitals, um, community hospitals, mental health hospitals are scary places to be. These are not, you know, it's not your back room. It's it's a funny place with people you have never met before. And sometimes your ability to express what's important to you is really quite difficult. This has given us a complementary tool that adds to the clinical information that we, we uh, collect that says, what's gonna make a difference for our patient experience? And that is often, as we all know, just as important as the, the quality of care that they actually get. get. And so it's, it is very complementary to everything that we're doing. I think that's so right, Sanjay. And I think, you know, that point about when people are in hospital and stuff like I, I really remember like my dad, like when he was in hospital and just how, you know, he was a really smart, capable man. But when he was in hospital, it was like, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's a re it's a strange environment when you actually have to go into one. It, it's a, a it's a strange patient. one working there, uh, 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 Joss. <laughs> but can, can you imagine for a patient, you've got these funny looking people in funny outfits uh, who speak a funny language and yeah. and it's it is i mean it must be just uh, I, i'd say it must be because I've, I've luckily not had to experience it too much from the other side but uh, i think you know we do really empath empathize with the fact that it is a difficult scenario you're not in hospital or you're not seeing the gp because you want to it's because something's wrong and and i think the the better we manage that uh, as you nick and sarah were saying in a holistic manner, uh, I think, and, and focus actually colleagues towards um, uh, well-being. So, B 
being more proactive about care. And I don't know, Joss, whether we'll come on to that in, in the sense of how we might use patient portals, the London care record, other uh, data environments that we're building up, but allow patients to take control of their well-being because this is about staying healthy. And I, I think I just just sort of add to that as well, Sanjay, you know, we, we're obviously talking about that personalised care, but for me, UCP really makes it a reality for the patient. Yeah. And that's the first time we've ever really seen it. And so it's so empowering for patients to be able to then, you know, add comments to their own way of having care. So what it also generates, though, for me is an excitement amongst clinicians. And so particularly in the nursing field, care plans and care pathways are the bread and butter of, of what yeah. we do. But now everybody wants to put everything that they do, all the care that they deliver into the London Care Universal Care Plan, because it offers that communication with other clinicians and also communication with the patient, which we've never really been able to achieve before. Um, not in this way. So so it's really, really exciting. And that's why I think poor Nick is inundated with emails from, from clinicians who say, can we put this pathway into the universal care plan? It would work really well. So again, it's another one of those things where you see that it's really working across London because people are engaging with it, not just the patients, but the clinicians as well. Um, and once you've got that, you know, com combination, you know, it's a huge success factor. And I, I think it, it's going to just get bigger and bigger, isn't it, Nick? Yeah, no, absolutely. And, 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 you know, because I've been in this sort of like um, um, area of work for, for about uh, five or six years, and I've seen how um, sort of like the uptake has gradually sort of like increased. But I think in this last year, um, just being able to sort of like foster those kind of like uh, relationships with um, the number of stakeholders across, but more importantly, with the with the one London um, team around the London care record, it has just pretty much taken off, and because this has been the vehicle that allows you know um, access across all of London for us. So um, so you know it, it is big big thanks to Joss and the team for 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 working with us in terms of obviously uh, integrating the UCP uh, with the with the London care record, which is. Uh, um, which I, I now get all those uh, hundreds of emails, as you say, Sarah, coming through because everybody's seeing it and everybody's asking and everybody wants to use it. So sticking on the theme of clinicians and the, and the benefits of clinicians as well, um, I've really seen the importance of clinical leadership from speaking to the group before the podcast. Um, so Sarah, talk us, as CNIO, um, talk us through the role that you have to play and the importance of clinical leadership across One London. So thanks, Louis. Yeah. So uh, back in June 2021, um, I joined the uh, the uh, regional team um, as a new role, and the, the the remit for that was really setting up um, a network um, because it was recognised that particularly for the CNIO role, it was developing across. Um, the national picture. And so not all trusts had a uh, CNIO in post at the time. Um, and we're really lucky now that across London, we just have two vacancies across our patch, which actually is huge, considering when I started, there was probably only a handful of CNIOs um, in acute acute trust and we're now looking to spread that further into our community colleagues as well um you know just to get some of that leadership so what does that leadership provide i think it, you know within each organization you've got a senior leader who is focused purely on digital and the nursing care workflows um to deliver um I think a lot of it has been set up around electronic patient records um, and we've seen lots of work around the frontline digitization programs of, of clinicians, you know, getting those digital records. And this piece for me is that 
that added on bit of actually how do we involve our patient more how do we get them more included and we talked a little bit about the NHS app and all of those things but actually how do we do that and come together so bringing the CNIOs together as a collective and we do that once a month we have some really interesting discussions and and Josh and Nick have both been to the group to speak to the teams to to inform them of what we're doing across London and the uh, universal care plans and what that then does is as we talked about earlier really is it disseminates it down to those end users of did you hear about the, the universal care plan and out of that comes lots of discussions and I think then we have as a leadership team, how can we embed this better across London? How can we make this better for our patients? And so when you're having those conversations at at, at that sort of leadership level, um, it's talked about then within the acute trusts and within um, the the community aspect of, you know, how can we get more involved? Um, So it's been quite critical, I think, to, um, you know, the success of some of these programmes that are delivered, not just the the CNIO group, I would add, there'd be clinicians like the CCIOs across London and our CIO colleagues, and them all coming together collectively is what what then provides that leadership for us as as a city. Uh, And London is really, really lucky in that we've got some great leaders across uh, London with um, helping us support our our digital um, delivery. And Sarah, I know what you I, think, Sanjay. No, I was going to ask actually, because Sarah, I think what you know, my, my reflection would be, if you get um, entrepreneurs, you get digital people together, they will, uh, they will come up with all sorts of lovely ideas about what we can do with digital and data. And I think, I think one of the, I, 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 I want to sense check this with you, but I think one of our, from a clinical leadership point of view, there is. As you've said, the network is critical in terms of making sure that we get the transformation to occur. And 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 Josh, we might t- touch when we get to challenges about transformation, because uh, we're really good at delivering digital and data tools, and it's getting people, as you've said, Sarah, to actually use them to get the benefits out. But I think one of our strongest suits is actually to say no sometimes, where where people have come up with some great ideas, but actually they won't work in the clinical um in a clinical framing or or a patient uh framing and i just wonder about your thoughts in that space because we end up being the translator between digital and data and your clinicians and i've always thought our strongest suit is actually to be able to say no you're not going to do that you're going to do something better what do you think no i agree i completely agree i think it's really interesting and and I have this conversation a lot because I think, you know, from a nursing perspective, we used to talk around uh, workarounds within EPR, you know, people creating their own workflows. I never called them workarounds. I called it innovation, because if people are looking to do something different, then we've not quite got it right for them. So there is that piece about listening, but there is also that. Um, conversation now with lots of other things out there that people get a little bit crazy with some of their ideas and so there is that point of saying no actually this is really not going to work we need to have a standardized approach to things so that we can get holistic care for our patients before we start with some of our other great ideas and and you know nothing sits still does it that's what I always say you know certainly in a digital world nothing sits still so things are changing all the time and quite rapidly um, and so it is an exciting time, but I think you're right, Sanjay. I think we need to be a bit better at, at saying no, but it's it's hard not to because it's quite exciting. <laughs> lots of shiny toys out there. Yeah, there's lots of shiny toys. 
Great. Thanks for that, Sarah. Um, and finally, today, I just wanted to touch on the challenges you've faced so far um, as One London programme and any lens or reflections that you may have to share. I'm going to set you up with my two favourites. We're going to leave you to talk about them are um, funding because everything costs uh, and then um, and then transformation. And you're you're much better at that than I am, which is we've got digital and data tools. But then to Sarah's point, how do we get people to use them and use them meaningfully? But but Joss, it's the transformation bit that, that actually kills me because we're great at producing some great tools. It's just how do we get it out there? Yeah, I, th- I think I think that that that. That's really true. And I think that is something that's in common with, say, whether it's London Care Record, whether it's the Universal Care Plan or UCP, is that we can deliver these things technically. But it's actually, you know, and, and, you know, just to say, Louis, that part of delivering it technically means that we have lots of everyday challenges, you know, to do with technical or data or conversations with some IT vendors or information governance or whatever it might be. But, you know, we work through those. Um, And I think some of the things that's kind of harder to work through is, um, how do you actually get the word out and then how how can you make people work differently and actually you can't make people work differently yeah. maybe you can if you've got that kind of clinical leadership role and you're leading your team and and it's about how are we going to work differently but I suppose you know One London we're a, we're pan London um, in many ways what we're offering is the potential you know that these are tools that you can use to transform care and um I think it's a it's probably a bit of a universal challenge in 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 the case that you know if you were talking to somebody in Oxford or Newcastle or whatever they would say the same thing that it it's hard to do the transformation and it's something that we're still working on and I think probably our main approach is to see how can we really extend through our clinical networks and the range of clinical and health and care kind of leaders go where there's energy and passion to do it I think probably the other thing that I would say around a challenge that I feel, and maybe this is um, something that you would encounter if you were working within your integrated care system, possibly even within your own hospital trust or whatever, but definitely across London, is that um, relationships and trust is so important. And I think really working to create positive like healthy, trusted working relationships is critical. And you can't deliver any of this stuff if you're coming at it from a, you know, from a, from, I was going to say from a bad place. But what I mean is like, you have to in some ways put aside um, what you might individually only want or or some of the politics with a small p and you have to really think about how can we work collaboratively? How can we find a positive consensus and how, how, you know, be the change that you want to be and so and like uh, it's important that we all act in a way that is trustworthy and that we build trust in all of the relationships that we do because we can only move at the speed of trust with all of this work Um, and so for me I think those are the two the two challenges that we have to really commit to and keep working on all the time. And Joss I mean following up on that but but it really is at uh, as as Sarah was saying it's it's an end user level really that you have to engender the trust you've yeah. got to nobody likes change everyone's sort of used to doing what they they, they they do and as you say if if you're pushing change they need to a trust you and sort of want it yeah and have time to do it so so louis i'd, I'd say unfortunately nhs is resource strapped it's cash strapped it's nobody and you know, this is this is 
right from top to bottom but nobody really likes change you're quite happy doing what you're doing and and uh, sometimes sarah sometimes the big changes are doable you you can you can implement a new epr and it's a big bang and you get everyone to do it but it's those little nuances when you're bringing in something that isn't a significant change getting people to adopt those is really difficult this is a human factors issue back to joss's point it's it's difficult yeah it's true i'd say you know anything with a, a a program around it if you like is is achievable and and reasonable to deliver it's those changes afterwards and the investment in that optimization and 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 everything else that that creates that you know holistic continued support of digital I think it's quite interesting and we talked a little bit about the NHS and the fact that it is struggling you know at the moment financially and you know with 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 strikes and various other things there's you know waiting lists that that we're struggling with but you know digital sometimes is the one where the money gets taken first and I think in some ways it's such an enabler to what we can do in the future to improve all those things you know what you really need is that leadership that I talked a little bit about but at that exact level leadership to recognize that and move that forward Definitely. Uh, I think that's a great way to end the conversation. Before we end today's podcast, I'd like to say thank you very much to the guests for sharing their thoughts today. If you are hiring for new technical roles or looking for a new role yourself, feel free to get in touch here at Evolution. Or if you or anyone else would like to feature on a future podcast, drop me a message too. I've been Louis and you can find me on LinkedIn or alternatively visit us at evolutionjobs.com forward slash UK forward slash NHS. Thanks again to the guests and thank you for listening.